0: Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Karadik. Jeff Safright is actually on a cruise this week, which um, I just heard. He just texted me um, that he took second place in the best legs contest on the cruise. So Um, Just so you know, if you are in touch or communication with Jeff, ask him about why he could not win and maybe he needs to stop skipping leg day. Um, So with that said, uh, we're here with the Uncommon Podcast and I am so excited because of the fact uh, today we will continue what we always talk about, which is how to be excellent at our craft. So we can make income and then we need to take that income and learn to build wealth. And wealth is when your money works harder than you work, right? Uh, Right now, as a regular agent, you go on vacation, your income goes on vacation. You get sick, your income gets sick. How do you build wealth so that your money works harder than you work? So with that said, if ever, anything here is uh, helpful to you, please share it with some friends, um, join in our Facebook group, uh, jump in, ask questions, add value, anything you can do there. Please give us an honest review. And if I can do anything for you, please send a message to my Instagram. And I personally will answer every question or comment or just anything you send um, at Rock. So with that said... Taylor, we met in San Francisco at a, uh, at a conference, uh, a GoBundance conference, and uh, yeah, it was just really cool. We were able to talk. We've got a lot of similar uh, goals, values, dreams, and uh, Taylor and his team are crushing it up in, uh, in a place where um, you would only want to go for about three weeks of the year because the rest of the time it's negative 40 degrees. So Taylor, tell us about yourself. Well,
0: super, super pumped to be here. Thanks, Chris, for having me on. Uh, And yeah, it was really fun to be able to to get to know each other better in San Francisco and uh, felt like kindred spirits coming away from a couple of days and being like, I feel like I've known this guy forever. Um, (laughs) Super pumped to be here. So my name is Taylor Doolittle. I uh, am up in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area of Minnesota. Uh, Our summer lasts about three weeks long, like Chris said, but that three weeks is very, very Awesome, very pleasant. Uh, we, uh, I, I am a co-lead uh, of a team of about 21 agents um, that help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. We work a lot with first-time home buyers. We also work, work a lot with uh, first-time and experienced investors. Selling a lot of small multifamily two to four unit properties and getting people set up uh, for long-term success via investing in real estate, which is uh, totally the same mission, Chris, that you guys have with the uh, helping people produce income so that they can use that income wisely to purchase assets to produce long-term wealth in real estate. So uh, out of our 20 agents, we'll, we'll likely close around 500 transactions this year, which a majority of that are Myself and my other two team leads, each of us individually will sell around 100, uh, give or take 100 transactions apiece. So um, in between selling real estate and uh, me investing in real estate on my own, married to a wonderful lady named Sarah, who we just celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary yesterday and have a one and a half year old daughter. And it's just an absolute, absolute blast.
1: That is awesome. So. I just want to make sure everybody hears this correctly. Um, you will personally sell about a hundred transactions this year.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, now let's dig into that because I know that that is something that a lot of people will listen to and say, wow, how do you have time to do that? Lead a team, have a family, not be divorced. Um, all the other things that, that come from that. So um how, what is your breakdown? I'm just going to grill you for a second. What's your great breakdown between buyers and sellers of your your personal 100? So I'd,
0: I'll i talk about my 2021 numbers because I have uh, that whole year of data. And um, last year I sold, I think, 86 transactions was what I closed last year. And probably 60% of those were buyers and 40% were sellers. Um, but what's really cool about real estate is the more experienced you get, the easier the job becomes. And I can tell you last year and this year, I work the least amount that I've ever worked and I'm selling more homes than I've ever sold, um, which is, is which is really, really cool.
1: That's awesome. All right. So let's break this down a little bit. So uh, more buyers than sellers, which is uh, means it's a lot more time, you know, cause it takes longer for a buyer than a seller. Um, with that said, uh, do you have a showing assistant? Yes.
0: Yeah, so that's one of the benefits of, of us building out a team is I have a lot of newer agents on the team that want experience going, going through doors. They want experience talking with people during showings. And then I have clients who know that, For the past two or three years, you need to get into that house and then within 24 to 48 hours of the house being listed. So whenever I onboard a new client, I set very clear expectations that say, "Hey, we're going to get you through this house on whatever time works best for you." That could mean I'm showing the house to you. That could mean an agent on my team that's awesome is showing the house to you. But we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to take a shot at this house, if possible. So I delegate. 98% of my showings. So that frees up my time on nights and weekends to be home with my family, but I'm still having those conversations with buyers. I'm still writing up offers. I'm still negotiating contracts and things like that.
1: Yeah. I love that. One of the things that I have seen with a lot of new agents, they, they don't, they won't take rentals. They won't be, it won't take showings for other agents, all the other pieces there. And I, I speak about this as a, uh, as a person that literally was willing to do anything to make a few bucks when I was learning, um, you know, just like a doctor goes through residency, an agent needs to learn to work to learn so that they can work to earn, right? Like, so, so you, you put yourself through that. And honestly, Taylor, when, when an agent is in like showing all of these houses, it's, it sounds like it's a class that they're getting paid for, right? So, uh, so how do you how do you work out payment for these agents that are that are showing for you? How does that so, work?
0: Yep. So typically, what I'm doing is I'm if if a particular agent is helping me for with four showings on a particular day. So very real example today. I am leaving town in two hours to go up to northern Minnesota to host a friend's bachelor party. We're going to go canoeing in the boundary waters. Now, I have clients that need to see homes today and tomorrow. So I have an agent on my team who I've introduced to my clients via text saying, hey, Alante is going to take you through these houses. Um, And let's say that he's going to do four showings for me between today and tomorrow I pay him per showing that he does. So, some depending on kind of how far you're driving, things like that. Usually, it's between forty or fifty dollars a showing is what what I'm I'm paying agents to show homes for me. Wow, which is about typical for for our market. That's about normal.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you that was a big uh, shift for me. You know, I was in ministry for a long time, so I had these limiting beliefs that I'm like, people want to be with me, right? Like they don't, they're not. Like they, I've got tight relationships with these folks. I've been literally like walked with them through serious life issues and serious, like I've just been doing life with these people. And so they want me, they don't want another agent. And so I believed that. And, uh, you know, it it was really difficult. And then the crazy thing was, as I started getting busier, I still remember (laughs) I got fired from like six clients all in the same, like 24 hour period period because I had, I think I had 17 buyers that were active, like active buyers. And I was doing everything. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, I deserved to be fired. I was terrible because I just was too busy. I couldn't, I couldn't do all the showings, be on it for everybody, be responsive. Um, And and I was just that agent that wasn't communicating that, uh, that everybody talks about. And so I remember I brought in a newer agent who I thought was really incredible. And I just said, hey, I'll give you 25% um, of the deal. I just want you to like literally set up showings, go on showings, you know, talk to agents, and then I'll be on the phone and help just negotiate the end of the deal. And the crazy thing was I I was so worried about giving up money that uh, I didn't do it at the beginning. But when I did that, like, honestly, I made like three or four times that year what I ever made before, because you realize that, you know, uh, there's, uh, that, that principle that one ox can pull 500 pounds, but two oxen that are yoked together can pull 2000 pounds. And when I learned that that could happen, it was just crazy. So, so that process, what is happening to the agents that you are giving those opportunities for? Are you coaching them through the process at all? Like how are they learning when, When they're showing for you like what are you doing what are the questions they're asking and how are they leveling up on the with that
0: yeah so that's a great question i I mean I, i always want it to be a learning opportunity for agents that are doing showing so for a lot of people if it's brand new agents what's really nice for them is one i i typically will set expectations with my buyer clients saying hey this is a newer agent on my team He's going to help you get access to the house. If you have any very specific questions about the house, then let's jump on a call after and we'll talk through everything. But then for the new agents that are showing, I'll say, hey, if you're at the house and you're getting any questions that you don't know the answer to, number one, don't make up an answer, but say, hey, that's a great question and I want to get you the right answer. Let me get back to you on that and then immediately write down that question in the notes app on your phone. Or if you see something in the house where you're like, well, what the heck does this thing do? Uh, take a picture of it, take a video of it, and then let's sit down at the end of this week. Let's go through all of your questions. Let's go through all the questions that the client asked you that you don't didn't know the answer to. And, and that's how we're gonna learn and build that base of knowledge because you don't know what questions you need The answer to until you get into that awkward situation where someone's asking you a question and you have no idea how to answer it.
1: Right. Yeah. So powerful. You know, having a coach or a mentor is is just so powerful. And I know everybody wants to figure it out on their own. And most entrepreneurs that I know are pretty smart and can figure it out on their own. But the difference is in this business, right? Like literally, if you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, if you are excellent. Um, by figuring it out on your own and making a whole heck of a lot less, it costs you so much money and time. So that's so powerful. All right. So now let's go to the next thing. So you have leverage in your showings, right? So you're able to do 86 deals last year. You have leverage in your showings. The next thing is um, assistant. Like what is your back office? Like what, what is, what does your assistant do for you or assistants? Yep. So, so a good question. So I,
0: we have one, transaction coordinator slash operations manager on our team that helps the entire team. So he acts as as what we call a TC or transaction coordinator. So once we go under contract, whether it's a purchase or the sale of a property, he is the one that is sending paperwork, sending closing worksheets, sending information to our, our office, our front office, but then also uh, to the transaction team. So uh, mortgage people, connecting the agents, connecting the title companies and things like that. So he's kind of doing contract to close paperwork. So that's number one. And then the number two is I personally have a full-time assistant that helps me throughout the process. So his name's Patrick. Patrick and I have built out a very clear process of whether it's a someone buying a house or selling a house throughout the process from start to finish, this is how we're communicating to the, to our client depending on what just happened so hey we just went under, under contract next steps here send an email out and let's and set expectations of what to expect between now and closing also too um a lot of our a lot of the busy work that us as, as agents get caught up in are solving problems that aren't necessarily in our job description. And what I mean by that is how many times have you sold a home that once we're through inspection period, the seller says, hey, we have all of this furniture. Does Do your buyers want to buy this furniture? And now you've turned into a furniture dealer and you're trying to negotiate price of the couch and the Um, Yes, that's necessary. But as soon as you're at a part in your business where you can kind of delegate that work, where it really is just kind of forwarding emails and passing on communication, it's really important to delegate that work. Uh, And so those are the types of things that Patrick is also doing for me is he has access to my email, and he's responding to everything that he is able to respond to, and then flagging any emails that need my attention. So then I'm not distracted daily of having to check my email and, and go through all of those, those things.
1: That's awesome. All right. So now next question, that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking through 86 clients. How are you lead genning? How are you spending time on the phone, getting new, new business? What do you have coming in? What kind of marketing are you doing? Like, how are you getting in front of 86 people?
0: Yep. So it's 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 definitely shifted over, over the years where when I was uh, an agent when I was first starting out, I'm not from the Twin Cities. I didn't go to school here. I don't have a mask, I don't didn't really have any sphere. So when I started my business, it was I was did four or five open houses every weekend for two years. That was a big piece of me building my business. And then also um getting really involved in some of the communities that I joined, like my gym community and that ended up, I ended up building a sphere that way and getting a lot of uh, clients from that. And then also cold calling. So cold calling kind of investors and rental property owners and things like that. Now, kind of fast forward, which actually today or tomorrow, this week is my five-year agent anniversary. So I'll only, I'll be an agent for five years, kind of in in two or three days here. Uh, But now I'm very, I'm mostly referral based. So haven't really done any open houses for two or three years. Um, and I do cold call a little bit, but mainly I'm reaching out to to sphere and past clients. So every month I send them, I, I have a touch to all my top clients through a, a service called Lolo. I'm not sure if you guys have that in, in our in your market um, where it's, uh, it's, it's a service that sends them basically like a coupon for an awesome local restaurant or cafe once a month. Uh, and then also I do a big client appreciation event every year, which mine is coming up a month from now. I rented out the roof deck to our MLS soccer game. So we're all going to go to a soccer game. Um, and then just calling and texting and and interacting with people through social media. That's, that's kind of the biggest way that I, I stay in, in front of my clients.
1: So at the beginning, you're saying you got a lot of clients by just getting lucky, meaning you actually worked really hard and did four or five open houses a weekend, which yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can't tell you that that infuriates me more than anything else when people like refer to it as luck or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, there, there is a clear path. It It's the same path for almost everybody. Now, maybe it's open houses, maybe it's sellers, maybe, like maybe it's cold calling, whatever it is there's a different path, but it's the same path, which is working your butt off to get in front of buyers and sellers, right? Like, like doing it. And so it's not, it's not luck. So everybody just real (laughs) estate,
0: real estate is a contact sport and you got to make contacts in order to, 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 to sign contracts. So it's really easy for, for people. And this, this applies to really any industry, any job, but let's talk about real estate. So It's really easy for new agents to come in and see an agent that has kind of built a successful business and say, Well, the market was different for them, or Man, I wish I would have started during when rates were like that, or Well, it's because they have a big family, this or that. But the more people that you have that you meet that have created successful businesses. When you hear their backstory, they have all earned it. Success is like an iceberg, right? It's really easy to just to see the bit of ice sticking out above the water. But 80 or 90% of all of the work is below the water that you you did not see. You didn't see the failures. You didn't see the time. You didn't see the grind. So that's something just to encourage anybody that's on kind of the newer end of their career is, hey, find a mentor, find someone who has created a business that you'd like to model your business after, figure out what they did and then repeat it and five X their amount of work ethic. And then there's no way that you're not going to be successful.
1: So let's go um, for those that say, okay, he's doing open houses. Now I'm doing open houses, but I've done open houses and it hasn't worked. Can, can we walk through and kind of role play? Like what, what your open houses look like so that we can see this is an open house that converted. All right. So I'm a new, I'm a prospect. I walk in the door. Uh, let, let, I mean, let's get into the minute nitty gritty. I walk in the door. Well, first, let's let let's start at the very beginning. Uh, do you put out signs? Do you have balloons? Like, what do you do for the appearance before people come in to get people in the door? Yeah, normally what I would do is I would do a,
0: a sign in front of the house saying, hey, open house in this one. And then I would do maybe two, op- an open house sign on each of the cross streets um, but what I found through asking everybody that came into the open open house is, hey, how did you find out about the open house? Most people are saying, oh, I found it online. Um, so to me, the signage or balloons, I never <laughs> might work, um, but that's really just going to get people that are like, oh, I'm on a walk. <laughs> um, so the signage wasn't super big. And then I never pumped ad spend uh, to promote my open houses it really was just hey make sure they're posted on where everyone's looking and that's you know local mls zillow realtor.com all of those consumer sites
1: okay so now I walk in the door and what's the first thing that you say like what is your script to me?
0: So uh, let me give you context first So the first thing that I want to do is I want to pre-qualify you as a buyer and the two things that I'm trying to get answers to that I'm not going to ask you directly is, Do you have an agent? Have you been making offers? Because I need to see, is this someone that's maybe not represented that I really want to hone in on? Because you might be at a a busy open house and then you have to figure out who's worth my time to make a connection with. So Chris, you walk in and I say, hey, welcome to the open house. Um, Listen, absolutely no pressure. You have free reign of the house. Open up all of the doors and closets and drawers and I'll just be working here in the, in the kitchen. If you have any questions, just let me know. So that might create a little bit of a conversation. And then I'll say like, sweet, welcome in. Like, have you, are you guys looking at a ba- bunch of houses today? And then, okay. then they, they might say, well, actually, this is our first one. And I say, well, awesome. Have you been looking for very long? We actually just started. And then that tells me, hey, they might be a fir- uh, first-time home buyer. And they might say, actually, we've been looking for a couple months now. Well, awesome. Have you guys been making any offers? Yes, we have been making offers. That tells me they probably have an agent, but don't give up on them. Or they say, no, actually, our lease goes till next spring, so we're not making any offers yet. So that was that's a little bit of a script that I would use of, hey, are you looking? Have you been looking for very long? Have you been making offers? Trying to figure out, should I focus on these people?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then uh, what do you do as far as like a sign-in sheet? How do you collect data? Yep.
0: Yeah, so I don't do any sort of, I never did any sort of sign-in sheet. I never did anything like that. Um, and, and a lot of people will say that open houses don't work because most people are really bad. It, it, it's hard to figure out how to strategically run a successful open house. Um, and the and what I found to be helpful and what I coach all of my agents on to do is the way that you get potential clients' contact information is you offer them value. And the way that they finally take that value from you is you're sending it to them. And in order to send it to them, they need, you need their contact information. So the most successful script that I would use to get people's contact information is what I would call the lender introduction Script. So I'd say, oh, awesome. You just started started the search. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's super exciting. Hey, something that I would really, really encourage you guys to do as you're just starting, the most important piece of this process is to really make sure you're confident on your financing. Have you guys spoken to an awesome local lender? they might say, yeah, we bank at Wells Fargo. We talked to our lender at Wells Fargo. I'd say, hey, listen, I totally understand you bank there. That was probably, that's a no brainer that you go there first. But did you know that actually those big banks in the Twin Cities have a really poor reputation in the mortgage industry? And really, as we're competing for homes, something that can really strengthen or weaken your offer is having a really great reputable communicative local lender. So having a strong lender actually can help you get a home. Would it be helpful if I introduced you to an awesome lender or two or three that you can chat with just to make sure that you feel really confident on your financing? And they might say, yeah, sure. That would be helpful. And then I'd pick up my phone. And I'd say, "Okay, Chris, perfect. What's the best contact information for me to send this to?" And then I'd look down at my phone, expecting them to give me their contact information. And then they'd yeah, say, so cool, "I love it." Well, I here's my email. And so then immediately, or during the open house, once they left, I would introduce them to a good uh, a good lender. And the entire time, to the client, the the person that walked in the open house, I would pump it, be pumping up how awesome that lender is. And then that lender, who's a partner of mine, will then be pumping up me
1: when he gets on a phone call with them. Boom. So tactically, the assumptive close, grabbing the phone, doing that. The second piece is the edification technique in sales. You pump up the lender, right? Because if the lender says, I'm awesome, everybody's like, yeah, you sound like a douche. But if somebody else says the lender's awesome, then they think, okay, that's awesome. And then you get the lender to edify you. So it's this like nice little you know, inbreeding of edification. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's awesome. Well, I know we're, we're kind of at the top of the hour here, so we need to, to wrap. But let me just tell you guys this about Taylor. Um, I know that he is a giver. He's somebody that uh, believes in abundance and is totally willing to share, as you can see right here. So if, if Taylor, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and learn from you and just, you know, just become your friend, what's the best way to do that? So I'd say kind of the two most ways that I'm most active on
0: social media are Facebook and Instagram. And it's really easy. So my first, my name is Taylor Doolittle, D-O-O-L-I-T-T-L-E. So there's not many Doolittles around there. So you could probably find me on Facebook. That's where I'm most active. Feel free to add me as a friend, message me on Messenger or on Instagram. I'm taylor.doolittle and feel free to message me there as well. Um, I couldn't have built the business that I've built without the help of people that were further down the path, uh, the further down the journey of building their business. So I'm always willing to give a tip or be helpful in any way I can.
1: Boom. That is awesome. Taylor, this has been excellent. Please follow up with Taylor. Um, Even if you want to hear the rest of his open house script, um, obviously built a great business and got in front of a lot of great people, knowing nobody where he started now, five years later doing, you know, somewhere right around 100 transactions. Powerful, powerful story. All right, guys, uh, please give us a uh, a review wherever you are listening. If this has been helpful, please tell some other friends, family. Hey, here's my other ask is our Facebook page. I'm, I'm getting a lot more active in the Facebook page and uh, would love if, if you guys don't mind sharing any tips, tricks, things that you're working on, um, just things that are going on in the market. Um, post in the Facebook page. And uh, yeah, would love to just create a better, uh, bigger, massive community in there. And I'm personally going to spend a lot more time in there as well. So with that said, Taylor, this has been incredible. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and uh, everybody go out, kill it, live uncommon. Thank you for tuning in to this
0: episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other Uncommon Real Estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.